Detroit-based founders of Love Streams Films, now a registered LLC, and two of the creators oh. behind 2019's Food Time, um, which has been accepted into the 2020 Seattle True Independent Film Festival and the Twin Falls Sandwiches Film Festival. I want to welcome the filmmakers, etc., Nikki Toporowski and Craig and Oster. What's up? How's it going? You all right? Yeah, not bad. Um, we are both in Detroit right now. Uh, Nikki is in the kitchen, and I am in the main working slash like living quarters area where we do everything. Um, so it's funny. I can like kind of hear her uh, whenever she talks, like underneath, and then also in the audio. It's disorienting in a funny way. Yes, it definitely is. <laughs> like paper thin walls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible. Like, yeah, when people come into like the apartments next door, it sounds like someone's starting to open our door. So it always like freaks me out a little bit. I've gotten used to it now, but it, when I was first living here, the first couple of years, it was like, holy shit, someone's fucking breaking into my apartment. I would wake up in the <laughs> middle of the night. Like, oh no, okay, I'm good. Yeah, every time someone goes next door to our cat runs to the door because he thinks someone's coming in to see him. And every time I'm like, no, it's just the cat police. They're here to get you. Oh and he just gets all worried. Are you guys at Midtown, like Wayne State area? Or? Yeah. Yeah, right at Second Prentice. It's uh, right behind Marcus Market, like two buildings. You know where that's at? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I go to Wayne State. Kind of, okay, hell yeah. Kind of know the area a little bit. Yeah, it's right behind Old Main. If you go oh, to that building. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got yes. you. Right on. Cool. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know where we want to start here. Um, I'm kind of curious, like, how did you two get into doing films? If you want to do, like, in, maybe do, like, a separate, and then how you came together to doing that together. For sure. Nikki, do you want to you want to start, and then I'll uh, go from there? Yeah. Um, how I started getting into films, I would say in high school, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just liked movies and I just liked watching them. And I didn't have many friends, so there wasn't much to do otherwise. I didn't really play sports or wasn't in many clubs. So I decided, why don't I just spend my senior year just watching a shit ton of movies and trying to learn about, okay, how do they make them and who makes them and why is this such a cool thing? So then I applied to Wayne State for the film program. I took an intro class and a bunch of gen eds, and I was like, oh, this is definitely the path that I want to keep going down. So then I picked mainly like production classes where I would be making short films and I'd be learning how to use cameras and mics and lights and everything you could think of. And then it just never stopped from there. And then outside of school, I see just so many people that I knew just don't continue with actually pursuing film they just find some easy career or we just work in commercials or television instead of doing the thing that they actually want to do so I just wanted to avoid that and I just wanted to actually make my own stuff and with meeting Craig in the last two years that's what we've been doing so that's my side of it uh, and Craig yeah uh so we oh, I I've been kind of making stuff uh all my life I have two brothers uh Beach, who was the star of Food Time and also directed it with me, and then Joe, uh, who wrote and directed it with us as well. Um, Joe was like a year and a half older than me. Deej is about a year and a half younger than me, so we're all super close in age. Um, we used to make shit all the time uh, as like little kids, like recording our little cousins 
as we shoved him into like 7-Eleven freezers and uh, just making him do dumb stuff all the time. And then like making just the most ridiculous like short films. Like we had this one uh, called Blake's Travel to a Parallel Universe. That was our little cousin Blake going into the TV and then like Super Smash Bros style. He had to fight all of these different characters that we played. So like Indiana Jones and The Flash, uh, shit like that. Just the most, again, we were playing GameCube all the time. So we were just making movies about that. But uh, um, so like we did stuff like that when we were little. And then as we got started to get older, like middle school and high school, we would do like 48 hour film competitions. Um, but uh, then I kind of got away from it a little bit more as I got into college. Um, Joe and Deej both. Uh, we're making stuff in college and I would help them uh, here and there and whatnot. But I was pursuing psychology and then I went to law school. Um, oh. But after my first year of law school, I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to do this at all. Um, let me like get back to film and what I actually want to be doing. So while I was in law school, I found a way to take classes in Wayne's film program and actually get law school credit for them, uh, which was awesome. Yeah. So I could have the equipment to make short films like and get uh credit for it and still graduate and actually get a grade for it which was hilarious to me um but uh but yeah and that's how I met Nikki she was my TA um and we just kind of hit it off uh and haven't like since we got together we really haven't stopped making stuff together since she worked on the short we made that summer in 2018 with my brothers um and then again everything we've worked on since uh she's been a part of and then we have kind of started our own thing um separate from joe and deej because this past uh this past fall they were working on like the steven soderbergh movie uh kill switch that uh was shooting in detroit so me and nikki were like okay well let's we still wanted to keep doing stuff because they were working like 50, 60, 70 hour weeks on that. Uh, but so we kind of started our own little production company um, in addition to the stuff we do with them. Uh, but yeah, and so that's kind of how we got started at least. Right, Wait, what are they doing? Are they doing like PA work or like? Yeah, uh, PA work uh, in the camera department in uh, like the post-production department, kind of just like a, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Um, so they've worked on that. They've worked on a few music videos uh, since then. They got through that. A couple commercial shoots. Um, but yeah, so they've been doing that to make money at least. Uh, in addition to the stuff that we've all been kind of making together. Like we made another short film over the summer um, that's in the process of being finished. Uh, trying to think of what else. And we have a few other things in the works, but yeah. That's cool. Right on, right on. So I kind of want to get back to your origins and like, you know, everybody like kind of has like an idea of, you know, you know, people make movies and we can make these little YouTube videos and everything. When did you guys get into being like, um, quote unquote, cinephiles or like when did the hoity toity aspects of like doing movies? You know, Nikki, you mentioned like, uh, like high school, you started watching like a shit ton mm -hmm. of movies. Yeah. Like, what what sparked that into you? And at what point did you go like I can literally just make movies, and I want to pursue um, this? Yeah, like, I think what? just like what made me want to make them myself. Are you asking? Yeah, and what and yeah, yeah what movies yeah. did you see that really like? You know, I feel like you know you kind of maybe grew up coming up and watching like a lot of uh, 
just like films and you're kind of like oh these are blockbusters these are huge like were there any movies that you thought like oh I could make something like this yeah that's a good question I would say I definitely started watching blockbuster movies because that's the most accessible thing to you but it's also I feel like there's a big group of directors that still make like big budget movies but feel like they're a step above so it's like the David Fincher type movies like that's what I really I really loved it's like you get the Scorsese you get those kind of movies where it's like it's good quality cinema but it's also big enough that it's so accessible so I watched a lot of Oscar nominated movies because I was like well these have to be good and most of them are some of them aren't but I would say when I was, I think I was 16, I saw Gone Girl in a theater with my parents, and I had no idea what it was about, and I was just kind of teasing the line of, like, getting interested in movies, and I remember watching that and just coming out of the theater and being like, holy shit, what a crazy, I, I don't know if you've seen the movie or not, but. Yeah, I love Gone Girl. Yeah, okay, good. It's what an still insane movie to see with your parents, by the way. I know, I because know. none of us, <laughs> none so of us knew, I, it was, none of us knew what it was about. We just kind of walked in blind. And my parents aren't like big movie people. Like they, my dad probably watches 50 films and then that's it. Like he's very, very picky with the things that he likes. So I saw that, came out of the theater and I was like, holy shit, there are movies that can do that. You know what I mean? It's just have that kind of crazy story. And it's like, I wouldn't say necessarily thought, yes, I can replicate something to that degree, but it just made me so much more interested in well, how the fuck did he do that? How do you even think of something like that? You know what I mean? And then it's like you watch the other like classical movies like uh, American Beauty was one that I remember watching and just being like, oh, it's like a little bit in poor taste now because of what's happened since. But, you know, how many years ago, like five, six years ago, you watch that and it's like, oh my God. It's the same type of thing. It's like, oh, movies can actually do crazy shit and it's not just Hollywood endings where everything's okay. So I would say I didn't start making anything until college. So I made just shitty student projects. And that kind of makes you, I remember making my, I remember cutting my first project. And that's when I really thought, oh, I can actually do this. And it's not that it was an amazing editor or anything, but I, I think once you actually understand, and I think this would go from any art form, like picking up like a paintbrush or like, picking up an instrument, actually, you play your first song or you play your first couple chords and you actually learn, oh, this is the actual physical thing of how you make a movie. You actually make edits and you cut the footage together and you make a like little story. I think that's when it like clicked for me and I was like, oh my God, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's yeah. not as hard as you think it would be to actually do it. And that doesn't mean it has to be good either. It's like, but just actually taking the first step into learning how to do it for yourself is just, that was great. Yeah, that's kind of, I guess that that's a way better way of phrasing it than I did. I would say like that moment when you realized like, oh, they like, editing is a thing. Cinematography yeah. like is a, is a thing that is done. Like they don't just, you know what I mean? They aren't yeah, just so manifested. Started, yeah. 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 yeah, there's, you being uh, yeah. there's physical, pro- like, that. yeah, there's a physical process and like there's steps to take. Okay, you put the camera in this angle and then you light it this way or if you don't have lighting you adjust your settings and that's how you get a shot and then from there all right i have a series of shots let me edit it let me do yeah. let me put music underneath it you know it just 
very rewarding process of editing something that you shoot. I'm, I, I'm sure it feels the exact same way from writing a song to recording it to actually like having it out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Seeing that finished project and stuff and kind of seeing it almost like in that way that maybe like you saw movies or songs before you knew the inner workings of them to kind mm -hmm. of like take yourself out of the process. Yeah. That one ends up happening. Really, yeah. really satisfying. Yeah. Craig, yeah. when did that happen for you? Like kind of taking, taking the process into, um, into your mind and like realizing like, oh, there can be good editing and, and whatnot. There can be good yeah. cinematography. I don't know. It's crazy because, like, yeah. <laughs> really, really, honestly, it's 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 the funniest way to say it because I I feel so backwards uh, with my like development, and it's funny even talking about it in that way because I still feel like I'm just like a kid making shit. Because for me, it was like seeing my little brother Deej's stuff when we were like little kids, and his stuff was all like in camera edits, like shooting on shitty little handheld like stuff that recorded to many like cds and stuff uh but i would see what because he was the one who really uh would just go crazy with it when we were younger and we would all help him out and stuff but seeing what he was doing when i was little i was like oh my god i just want to help him with that and that was what made me like really want to pursue like as i got older actually learning how to use a camera because i was like Deej has the best ideas in the world he's like the funniest person i know he's the most insane person I know like I just want to be able to help him so I need to learn how to do this and so that kind of set me down that course I feel like but um as far as like actual movies that kind of revealed that sort of thing to me I don't feel like I really became aware of it until I'd say like I mean I was always watching a ton of stuff but uh really honestly when it really became like cognizant in my head was when I saw uh the Safdie Brothers movie, The Pleasure of Being Robbed, which was like their very first like feature film. Uh, they made Good Time and Uncut Gems, which I know a lot of people have seen, but this was the first movie that uh, they had made like at a super low level and it starred one of their girlfriends at the time um, just kind of wandering around New York and stealing shit, uh, like a pickpocket movie. And I saw that and I was like, this is a this is an actual movie. It feels like a real movie. It feels like this big budget stuff that I see, but yet I can tell that it's made for no money, starring real people, um, made by people about my age at the time. Uh, and I was like, holy shit, this is like actually possible. It's making something beyond just like you know the small, uh, little like five to seven minute short films that we had been making. Um, it really made me realize like you can actually do this thing uh, at like a bigger level. Um, and then from there, I think like I started watching all this shit like Joe Swanberg movies and he's this like super independent uh, filmmaker. He has, a, he has a TV show called Easy that was has three seasons on Netflix uh, that a lot of people may have seen. He has this movie Win It All uh, that stars Jake Johnson that uh, was on Netflix. But before that, he had made all this like independent uh digital video cam stuff in the early 2000s that he would star in all his friends would star in um and somehow he was able to make like he made like six feature films in 2011 somehow it just makes no sense and he distributed them all uh was able to sell them all um and profit on all of them somehow and uh i again watched all that stuff when i was in my like first year of law school uh and have continued to watch since and the 
all of that really blew me away because you're actually seeing people who are just like you um, that, you know, aren't doing it with huge crews, aren't doing it with big budgets, uh, all that kind of stuff really. I was like, oh my God, like this isn't, uh, it's not that it's easy to do um, in a way, like I, it revealed that it was like easy to do, but it's kind of just like, you need to have like the sort of work ethic. Uh, and I realized, yeah, you don't need, I don't know, the best actors or the best sets or the best cameras uh, or any of that stuff that I think discourages a lot of people from doing creative work. Like I'm sure like, you know, with music, for example, shit, well, how do we record this thing? Damn, well, we have shitty guitars or we don't have like a full drum kit. Uh, all that shit early on seems like it's such a barrier to entry. But once you realize like, okay, I can still do something incredible uh, and moving with out any of that stuff if i have that like heart and passion in it to begin with um it's still just as valuable as when you do get uh start to level up in equipment and technology and whatnot that makes the thing i guess like clearer and sound better and look better and all that um so really it really wasn't until i think i started uh going a little bit harder in law school that i kind of became like full-on douchey film stop subscribe to the criterion channel uh all that bullshit like and now that's like i mean nikki what we watched probably around like four to five hundred movies each in 2020 i um, think i yeah i definitely hit 500 or more which is just absolutely insane yeah and just like some of the most like pretentious sounding shit like fucking uh i really love robert brisson who's like a french filmmaker Ooh, uh deep. who worked from like 40 yeah 40s up until we went on a crazy and we're still on it a crazy new wave train just watching all the directors from that time and that era of just like just anyone you could think of like black and white french movies or even in color and it's just like oh my god we probably watched hundreds of movies yeah and you feel like such a douche too because you're like you know well it's like whenever i bring it up in conversation i'm like oh if you like this movie you'd really like this like robert person movie You'd really like the Jean-Luc Godard movie, and I'm like, holy shit. You really love this Truffaut little flick. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, you sound like such a fucking film snob. But that's the thing is, like, you see this shit, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, this is, it's not, like, these movies aren't pretentious, like, really at all, because they were all like, oh, "Oh my God, French movies suck. Uh, American movies are the fucking coolest thing. And they were all just, (laughs) again, like, Truffaut was looking at Hitchcock and was like, oh, my God, Hitchcock's the goat. And in it, over in America, everyone's like, oh, Hitchcock is, like, shitty, and he doesn't make movies that mean anything. Like, they're just genre thrillers. And Truffaut's yeah. like, no, you guys are fucking idiots. Like, he's making masterpieces. Yeah, it's just also – oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, Go you're ahead. good. You're good. Okay. No, no, you're it's good. Also, it's also funny because it's, like, as much as we feel silly talking about all these movies that we love, every modern movie is, like, derivative of these movies. It's like these yeah. movies were the framework. So it's like, it feels silly to be like, oh, you would love this obscure movie, even though it's like, well, the things you're watching now are taken from new wave shit. So it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, of course they would yeah. love it, but it's like, I don't know. It's like, we're just watching the thing that came before. And it's like, I wish it was more widely known, I guess. So people could see, oh, the thing I, I love now, oh, this director's taking from this thing that, someone else already did in a good way too not even in a oh someone else did it first but it's it's just film history really yeah well, yeah, it, yeah. It, oh go on sorry i was gonna say it just enriches like i watch something 
I watched something that was like made now. Uh, and if you've seen this previous work, it just enriches your viewing experience of yeah. this new thing. Like uh, I just watched last night. Um, uh, oh, we just we saw Malcolm and Marie uh, that just came out. Uh, we saw it a week ago and then we went and saw it again yesterday. Um, John David Washington, Zendaya, Stan Levinson. Uh, but uh, again, we have watched all these John Cassavetes movies uh, and like you can just so see the influence that those movies had on Malcolm and Marie in the best way where it makes me love the Cassavetes movies more and it makes me love Malcolm and Marie more. You know, it's it's uh, once you know the history behind the thing, both the past and the present start to like be come in conversation with one another and like elevate each other to again just meanings that you can read into it uh that you wouldn't get otherwise but anyways yeah yeah no i mean it totally does enrich it and it tells you like oh they totally did their homework and they're coming from a similar frame of mind as me you know like innovation is definitely important but it's like i i do appreciate seeing those references and people really don't know i mean yeah french new wave especially like comes through and you know so much hey Sorry, my girlfriend walked in. Um, What's up, Drew's girlfriend? Hello, Drew's girlfriend. They're saying hi. <laughs> nice to meet you. Bye, see ya. Um, but yeah, like informs so much of like, like you don't even like real, like you know, like like the greats and everybody, especially Godard. But yeah, that's interesting the way that like um the cinema that he was so into. Yeah, he really liked like the like spy movies and shit didn't he like the yeah surfer, dude he was like obsessed. the american trash yeah he was like, obsessed he with that <laughs> like all those b movies that are, are like like noir and like crime thrillers and shit like they all thought that was the coolest stuff and they were just like okay well let's like make a movie that's like those but it's also at the same time like almost uh like academic because they were all like critics so they're like let's break down those movies by making a movie and like explain sort of what like a sci-fi noir movie is by making a sci-fi noir movie um yeah and their versions so cool. of it are hilarious too they're, they're the great movies like alphaville like Godard's movie or like mm. uh truffaut doing mm. like uh mississippi mermaid which is like crime thriller and it's just like mm-hmm. yeah they're taking it but they're making it so french and they're making it like the silliest thing but they're awesome yeah, because they're like, like commenting on these American movies by making a movie instead of just like writing about it or like ripping it off. Like uh, uh, that really comes across like the things that they're saying about these movies at the time. Like they're breaking down the conventions, but also paying homage to them by using them. I know. Doesn't it almost? It almost feels ironic when I watch them a little bit. It's almost like a yeah. weird like like we do now. Like there's like a lot of like post ironic meme content, but it's kind of like mm-hmm. present in those movies, and it's it's funny to see. Oh, big time. That's that's what I always feel. Is like I'm always like fuck, dude. Like kids. Well, and there's like I don't know if you're are you on like Letterboxd at all? You ever heard of Letterboxd? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll exchange. We'll exchange usernames after. Yeah. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> well so like yeah there's a whole like current of me and nikki always talk about this like the young there it's very like uh i'd say like late high school early college very female that uh all love like Godard, Truffaut, agnes varda because those movies are like i don't know they're super feminist in a way very far ahead of their time they're also very like memeable like they're all they're super like relatable content in a way because there's so much like longing and 
frustration, which I feel like uh, our generation and the generation that's slightly below us kind of feels like they kind of feel that oversaturation of technology that I think that era was starting to feel where things were getting too big um, and too massive, which is kind of happening again, which I think is kind of like the return to like TikTok being super popular is like definitely, I think, a response to, again, like shit like the MCU making a billion dollars. Um, the fact that movies can be made like so easily now uh, and generate so much money um, at such a high level, like it's just this whole pushback of like lo-fi technology that people can make in their homes, you know, and that's what they were doing. They were, again, taking movies, making them out on the streets, making them for super cheap and super simply, but super high concept, uh, which like TikTok somehow is at the same time as as simple yeah. as it is, like it's the highest concept shit sometimes. I know it's funny to see that happen you know, and stuff. And it's weird to see, like, I guess kind of on that and um, I won't go too far into this, but um you know, all those dudes are like Godard is like a big like Marxist, like he was like a socialist. And that was like in the weird time of like, I think France was having a big I don't know the whole history behind it, but like a big cultural, like radical um, student, um, like upheaval and movement in that time. And it's just I think the situation is international, I think is what it's called. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's weird to see that kind of reflected nowadays, I think, when in, you know, a lot of um changing values among students and whatnot yeah i definitely like he has that movie uh la chinois which is like straight up just like a marxist uh film it's like he's you know young and it's like kind of making fun of itself at the same time but at the same time it's like directly a text about like mao's fucking little red book and uh espousing like communist ideology it's crazy uh well, he, and he, then he even like he went so far as to he's making all these movies about that. He stopped making movies because he's like, holy shit, like my my movies, I can only do so much with them. Like he made this one film essentially where they were filming a revolution in real time uh, in, I think, northern Africa. But then uh, essentially like the far right movement that was also uh, that was in control of the government at the time there that they thought was about to be toppled came back with a force and like totally crushed any sort of revolution that was going on uh in the time and like they were all super depressed about it and they left he'd left like filmmaking for a while um but because of that like he was radicalized by filmmaking uh which i feel like is kind of happening like you're saying uh it's kind of happening now not just with filmmaking but with i think arts in general I think that's why there is like this similar sort of wave of like, uh, I don't know, people being really down for like leftist and Marxist ideology among like students and artists uh, in America right now. Yeah, it's interesting. I just, I like just as you were saying that, I was like kind of noticing that parallel. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I kind of want to bring it back a little bit. Um, just change subject. I, I we can get back to there because I think that's interesting. But I want to talk about you. Um, you're saying you kind of came into movies through um your brothers and whatnot. And um, mm -hmm. I was curious, like, what do you are if there are any concessions with you guys and art with uh relatives with you two are dating. You know, like, is there are there concessions there? Are there troubles there? Um, just kind of talk, you know, key me into that yeah. a little bit. If you if don't get in trouble, 
<laughs> with, with each other. No, don't worry. Each other um, or your brothers, but you know, I'm just I'm curious what that's like. Yeah. So actually, I I, I was texting uh Parker um when we first kind of became friends like through text, which was funny. We had like a good back and forth. I think it was on Christmas Eve too, which is like the funniest thing. So I was sleeping at my parents' house that night, but uh we kind of talked about this a little bit then, and uh so it, all this stuff is pretty like conscious in my mind right now. So if if you're cool, Nikki, I'll kind of talk about like me and the brothers and you can kind of comment on it and then talk about us. But uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. With me and them, um, it can like any creative like partnership can be like really contentious. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you're super close, like we, cause we're not just like, I don't know, brothers in the sense of being like friends. Uh, and like, we have a very, very close relationship. Like there's like, almost nothing that we don't know about each other we're all very similar we grew up like like i said we were there's three years four years between the three of us um so we're so close in age that it almost sometimes feels like we're all the same person or at least slight variations um so i know that can be really tough i feel like when we're making stuff especially when you're working with other people because you can see them acting a certain way or me acting a certain way and it's like it can come off as false, but I don't think that's like necessarily true. It's because again, we feel such an ownership almost over each other and who each other is that uh, it's sometimes I feel like it's hard, like for me at least, to separate who they are with me with who they are with other people because I get such like the raw everything of like who Joe and Deej are. Um, but uh and it can be difficult because you're not afraid to say like whatever the fuck to them like if i think an idea is stupid or if joe thinks an idea is stupid or if Deej thinks an idea is stupid like we'll just straight up say it uh and yeah that can be frustrating at times but then then also it's nice to have that honesty like we're never like tiptoeing around each other you know like uh so i think like with food time for example um yeah there were definitely ways for that movie changed um in the course of it being made uh, big time, like big sections of it being cut out here, like dialogue being changed there. And at the time, I think we probably all each felt frustration different ways where our ideas were being exercised. But then also like, I don't know, we came out of it with this like really well-made hammered out short film uh, that I'm super proud of. Um, and yeah, it's not the exact thing that we had on the page at the beginning, but I think if we didn't have that sort of like intense collaboration, because it's not just like, oh, that's a great idea, run with it, Deej, or oh, that's a great idea, run with it, Joe. Like I said, it, it can be very much like calling each other out. Uh, and yeah, that gets frustrating, but I think it ultimately ends up being like very creatively fulfilling. Um, but I also think that's why like I do stuff with Nikki too, um, is that, and Nikki, I'm sure you agree, that's why you, me and you kind of do our thing uh, sometimes separately from them is so that way we do have some sort of separation. Um, so that way it's, you know, uh, we can make our thing over here, but then when we come back and make stuff with them, it's like, oh, okay, this is why I enjoy making stuff uh, with Joe and Deej um, because they just get me in ways that other people don't. And they are willing to just do whatever uh, in the ways that other people aren't because we have a shorthand and we have a history, yeah. um, you know, and that's like the biggest thing about it to me is like, like with Deej acting and stuff, for example, like I really am never afraid to like ask him to do something 
because he will do whatever because he understands my intention without me having to explain it, you know? Um, and that's something that you like can't kind of manifest uh, with people. Um, it's something that takes like years to build up that like trust and respect. Um, so yeah, that's like, that's, it, it is definitely difficult, but um, like I said, it's just like, it's a relationship that I'm so grateful to have because I get to have two people built into my life that will make stuff with me. And it's the same thing with me and Nikki now, like being a pretty serious couple romantically, um, but also being very good friends and also being good creative partners. Like, yeah, we get into like fights like about our relationship or in, within our friendship. Um, but then like, we'll have some like big fight, but then we're working on like whatever project we have to work on like 15 minutes later and able to like get shit done. Uh, so it's nice to be able to have, I guess, that that uh, sort of creative and romantic sides of ourselves. Um, I don't know, like they're, they obviously inform each other, but uh, I don't know, Nikki, you can kind of go from here and speak to it. Um, how do you feel about that? Um, about our working romantic relationship? Yeah, just like, just, okay. Yeah, I was well, yeah, because like it's yeah, we have yeah. a pretty like uh, we have a pretty honest relationship. I feel like like when you same sort of thing with like I was saying with Joe and Deej, like when you think something isn't working, and I get frustrated sometimes where I'm like my heart kind of sinks, and I'll be like, oh, what do you think of this? And you're like, ah, eh. and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> why don't you love it? God damn it! But then I realize I go back and I recut it, and then you're like, no, that's what it needed to be, and I'm like, yeah, well, thank you for. Thank you for telling me that to begin with instead of just like to be blunt uh like it's <laughs> i don't know the language used like instead of just sucking me off you know what i mean like you actually pushed yeah. me to be better well thank you for saying that i appreciate it yeah i would say with both aspects of our relationship and also your relationship with your brothers it's just having someone that like you said you trust so much and you're so close with you can have the really good positive side where it's, you know, you always have someone who understands you on a common level because of your history. And it's, they want the same things that you do. Ultimately, you want to make something that you have fun creating together and that's enjoyable for you to watch. But also you do get the size where it's like, because of the history and the feelings there, it is so easy to just be frustrated with each other. And it's so mm -hmm. easy the way that you're not, trying to project an image the way that you do with other people when you're trying to work with them so it's really like, a good way to put it i love yeah, it yeah that is so really good. yeah because it's like if you have a crew for example or say you're in the context of like a class okay there's a class at wayne state where the entire class of 17 18 people work on three projects and you're divided up into your roles so it's you can't you don't get the level of honesty that you get when we're, we're doing stuff together you can't you can't go up to a person that you hardly know who's your classmate or maybe a friend of some degree and be like, hey, this idea is fucking stupid. If you, I wish you would do it this way. I wish you would do that. You can't really say that the way that we can just be honest with each other. So it's, I think a lot of the the wall that you put up with other people just completely breaks down when you're working with someone so closely, which, like friend or girlfriend or boyfriend. So you don't have that separation of, you know what I mean? You kind of can't lie Absolutely. how you feel, which is a good thing because then you're more honest about what you want. And ultimately, I feel like the projects end up better and more honest. As to, yeah, the way I 
kind of what you touched on with you and your brothers, something that, and it's in our relationship too, and I think any creative relationship, it's something that I think we're all working on, maybe consciously or not, is just forming our own identities. So yes, you've made films with them and we've made films together, but it's also outside of that. And I think the reason why we started Love Streams was just to have our own kind of space and identity to create stuff. And I'm sure that Joe and Deej feel the same way when they're doing their own creative endeavors. It's good to have some kind of separation that, yes, you are the brother, you're the famous Oster brothers who create films, but it's also, you all have your own personalities and you are different people. And it's the same yeah. thing with us. We have our own little short films that we work on. And even though it's great when we collaborate, it is good to have some separation too. So I think that's something that we're getting better at the older that we get and the longer that I know you guys and the more mature that you guys become as you grow older too with each other. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough, but I think it's more rewarding than anything mm -hmm. to have these kind of creative relationships with each other. Yeah, and I, I think, think that's something that people are, oh, sorry. Yeah, you got it. No, no, you're good. I was going to say, it's just like, I think that's something people are afraid of admitting to, like, uh, the, the, like people get mad and people get pissed off. People get frustrated. People talk shit. Um, I don't know. People like you're saying, Nikki always want to project like an image of the type of person they are. And so they always want to come across as very like, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say like necessarily politically correct. Cause that's not the term I'm looking for. It's more people want to come across as like a good person, but it's like, good people can be uh, frustrated, you know what I mean? And so like people are afraid to sometimes show, they're afraid to be vulnerable, I think is ultimately what it is. And like, I think yeah. that's what we have, Nikki, is like uh, there's a vulnerability that we are able to like kind of show to each other, you know? And granted, yeah, you don't necessarily give that vulnerability to everybody, but because we're able to give it to each other and same thing with Joe and Deej, like we're able to be vulnerable uh, with each other, at least ideally. Um, I think that's uh, that's the goal, at least for me, I think in creative partnerships that I have is like to be able to, yeah, like speak freely and openly um, about what, you know, not having any sort of like ulterior motives or at least perceived ulterior motives. Like you want everything to be honest and upfront. And sometimes like uh, if you aren't, you can like be misconstrued. Um, and so I, I I like that we're able to have that, you know, because there's just no room for misconstruing because you're able to have the space to fully explain the things uh that you're trying to do you know yeah definitely yeah it's also it makes me laugh a little bit that you said sometimes like you'll show me something and I'll think that you need to change it and I'll just tell you that because it's I appreciate that we can just be like no I I don't like this I think if you did it this way it might work better because again it's it's not like like you said it's not being politically politically correct but you don't want to be you don't want to offend anybody. You don't want them to think that their ideas aren't good enough or that the way that they tried to approach a project is not the correct way. You just want to be like, hey, maybe let's try it this way. Maybe this will work better. You just want to be like kind and you want people to understand that you're not trying to hurt their feelings. But I think that's also the tough yeah, that's, thing is when you don't know exactly people that. enough and you're trying to create this working relationship. But it's like sometimes I just want to tell you, I just want to, not you, but just in people, I just want to wring their neck and be like, this isn't working. Just tell me how you really feel, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Stop, stop like BSing almost like just talk to me. Like, honestly, like at like the human person to person ground level, like 
you know, don't, uh, like, cause you can see when, I don't know, not to like judge people, but you can see when people, cause I do it myself all the time. I know when I'm acting a certain way because I'm frustrated. And so I'll be like, you're giving off all these signals as to like, I don't know how you're acting, uh, as to what your feelings are, but you're not actually saying them. And it's like, when you can break that down and just like say them, but not allow it to interrupt like the creative flow, like, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm frustrated, but that doesn't mean I have to be stewing in it and like not talking and going off in the corner by myself when you can just say it and still feel it. And the other person respects that. Um, I don't know. You can keep the sort of creation flowing and that's like the state that I'm always trying to get to, I think uh, with the people that I work with, like you want it to be open, you know, and uh, you want yeah. people to be, have like, you know, just be emotionally validated at all times. Like that's, that's really what I want. Uh, especially when you work with actors or you work with people you haven't worked with before, like you want them to feel like they're, you want everyone that's working on a thing together, honestly, to feel like they're as equal as everyone else is there. Um, and that's a tough thing. I don't know. I, I was been thinking about it when me and Parker talked about it. It's like, it's very similar. I, I feel like, and what he was saying, uh, at least when you're in a band, um, it's, I'm sure it's tough because there's certain conventions just like there is in filmmaking where it's like, oh, the director's in charge and the cinematographer and editor, they're more important than the gaffer or they're more important than X, Y, or Z or the actor is the star. It's like, yeah, the person that's the lead on the song or that wrote the song is the, you know, they're the image of it or they're the true author behind it or the guitar is more important than the drums because it's in the front. Uh, but all that stuff I feel like is, that's all stuff that's projected onto it from the outside. Um, it can make it tough, but when you're on the inside of the thing, um, you know, I'm sure you all are this, at least uh, from talking to you guys, I'm sure it feels that way for you. Like you want you all, you want each of each other to feel like they're as equal parts of the whole, even when it's Max's song or Drew's song or Parker's song or so on and so forth, you know, um, you know, if you want it to be that ebb and flow, um, but yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about it? Yeah, it's, you know, those are two guys that I've known for so long, too. And you talk about shorthand, and it's kind of funny, um, you know, because it's been the three of us for, you know, the entire existence. And, you know, not to put down anybody who has played with us, but it's like, at the end of the day, we are the core of this group um, mm -hmm. that we're in. So, you know, letting outside people in sometimes has been kind of tough because we literally do have that shorthand. It'll be like dumb, it'll be dumb shit. It'll be like, like trying to talk to a drummer and like, can you do like a like a like you know like a like and then like reference some like obscure Steely Dan song or something <laughs> or like can you do like, a, like a, that's like a can you like sound like a drum machine but like not and can you like do this and and then they're like um I don't know what you want me to do right now and it's nothing yeah. on them I love you know all of our drummers um you know for different reasons and stuff but it is like bringing those outside people in and yeah there is a lot of you know no matter what kind of person it is they could be somebody who you can tell really will take that criticism and then we've had other people who people who have been like you know you say one thing to them and they're really like so you don't like me <laughs> you know it's like, exactly, yeah. um, you know um but it's it, but between us it is really like you know an interplay of like oh i like i like that you did this but you know you need to not do this and it's a lot of honesty you know um but it's kind of funny the way you know we'll just be like oh that that fucking sucks that fucking sucks but then there's like <laughs> there are like times when it's like you have to like validate your friends and i have to like 
gonna send somebody a text after like hey man like i really like what you're doing today yeah that was and so great all- like honestly i appreciate it and it's yeah it's, it's funny because like sometimes when you do i do that all the time too and it's like i sometimes feel like damn is this like i want to make sure that this is like coming across as genuine because it is really genuine but it is like partially the intent to make them feel good because you know they probably need that so it's yeah. like this weird sort of like in between state uh i totally understand that um yeah. it's funny you saying the steely dan thing too uh <laughs> just i was just gonna say like um like it's like we do that shit all the time when we're making stuff it's like there's certain filmmakers obviously that we love like uh like i don't know like even like with cassavetes be like yeah no like you know like cassavetes shit or like oh you know like <laughs> like do, do like, yeah. like the swanberg thing or Cassavetes-type like the type beat yeah, hit, hit the catch. Like, oh, beat. this is such a Marin in July type of movie, and it's like, you know what I mean? Or yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. specific short It's like, oh, it's like this this director, you know? Or it's like, oh, I want to shoot it like uh, this from this, and it's like, yeah, you know, a shorthand that we understand that to other people, it's like mm-hmm. we're not trying to show off in any way. It's just a common understanding of like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's so funny because like that stuff can be alienating. I feel like. Uh, to people from the outside like you're saying but it's not intended to be that way it's like I don't know how else to convey it and I don't like to be like jargony and like super technician because I that puts people off too like I don't want to be like I don't know talk very technical camera stuff to somebody because they won't understand that you know Um, and it also feels like really douchey sometimes to me because it's like oh I know the terms but it's like I don't know. It's never about the technical side of it for me. It's always about the feeling. So it's like, yeah, I can be like, oh, yeah, no, we want to focus pull here and then pan right, so on and so forth. But it's like, no, we want to like shoot him and then her and then move the camera there because that'll make this feeling come about. You know, you don't want to, I don't know, when you get too technical, it removes you from the actual emotion. But uh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and I see, I, I definitely like genuinely can feel, um, you know, the personal aspects of the work that you guys have done, uh, especially, you know, Food Time is um, really like, you know, it's a small movie. I know that was like your your intent kind of, right, to make something mm-hmm. that was uh, mundane. And yeah, it's just like a dude hanging out, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, about, yeah. Right? And, it's, and it's really, it's genuinely like, it's a really like interesting way to watch that. And, you know, a lot of filmmakers try to do that thing. You know, you're mentioning a, uh, what Blumberg, Stuart Blumberg, the mumble, all the mumblecore people, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll try to, you know, do that sort of thing, and it really works with what you guys are trying to do. Um, and I can um like see your interests there in kind of uh two things that I personally have found myself interested in a lot, obsessed with is like food and music. Um, yeah. So dude. I kind of want to like talk about those, the way those come into play with your movie here, like. I know in you guys made that little promo uh, kind of asking for donations and mm-hmm. each says the movie kind of explains how movie era how music can flow into your life. Like, what is that? You guys try to consciously make a, a film that was set to music like that. Yeah. So like, uh, so at least a little bit about like the making of that movie was like um, we, so I, I originally, I wrote like the first draft, uh, and this isn't at all to like claim ownership in a weird way, but I wrote the first draft and it was like a totally different thing. And then I went to Nikki, me and Nikki went through about like seven drafts. And then we went to Joe once it was kind of in a place where it was almost ready to be made. 
And then, uh, cause I, my intent was always, okay, I'm going to kind of write the scenario and Joe will write the, um, cause he's just like a, a really good, uh, I really respect his writing in that way. Um, and so then we went, then I went to Joe and then me, Joe and Deej with Joe kind of leading the charge, uh, rewrote some of the dialogue, but from the beginning, I just had this idea of, I don't know, like I, I'd see a lot of stuff, uh, and this isn't to like, you know, shit on anyone else, but it, I just find it funny, like the what food time is, because so many people, you know, it's like with a short film, you want it to be, oh, it has a clear, distinct message and idea about X, Y, or Z, which is great. But like, to me, it's like, I can't speak to what it's like, you know, to be autistic or to, you know, be a deaf person. Like those stories are for people that actually experience that to tell. And I feel like a lot of people try and, you know, tell those stories that shouldn't be telling them. So it's like, yeah, I want to make movies, but like, let me just make a movie about my experience. And like for me and for a lot of us, like, especially when you're in college, when you are privileged enough to go to college, uh, you're just kind of hanging out and walking around all the time. You're walking to class, you're walking to work, you're walking home, you're walking up to your apartment. And I think uh, something that's super relatable, at least this is what I realized, is like, especially for all of us, like, especially when you're in Michigan, dude, and it's cold as hell all the time, you got your earphones in, your headphones on, your hat on, whatever, and you're just kind of walking with your head down, listening to whatever in your own little world. Um, and so I kind of had that idea to have that running throughout. It's like, okay, we're going to put the audience in the perspective of the character by the only music you hear is going to be uh, the music that he's listening to, you know, um, because that's real life to me is like, uh, you're listening to so much music all the time when you're walking, when you're in transit between places. Uh, and that's kind of how it flows. Like the music that you, and I think, uh, Deej kind of, me and Deej talked about this a lot. Uh, I remember having like text conversations while we were writing it. Um, just about how like you're almost composing the score to your own life in a way because of like what Spotify is able to provide for people now like you can get so niche with it um, you can be listening to all these different film scores or you can be listening to the Walters which like again a lot of people I feel like in our like indie circles know about them but they're also a band from Chicago that no longer exists as of like three or four years ago, but yet all of us were listening to their music all the time and they were like not a real functioning band. Uh, so those songs felt very specific to us, uh, which are all the music we ended up including um, in the movie was from them, uh, which is kind of because of that, like, you know, those songs take on a different meaning when you're driving in the car or when you're uh, walking to class or when you've just had a fight with your girlfriend or uh, when you're hungry as fuck uh you know um so that's kind of that that's kind of where that comes from uh and i know i know nikki uh when i met you um that was something that i could see in you already is we had that same sort of experience where it's like uh you're just so i don't know i feel like especially as like a person that's pretty privileged um uh at least myself uh by being you know you're you get the privilege to go to college and you're white and whatnot um you do have the space where uh you have access again to so much different kinds of music uh and you're exposed to so many different sorts of things by being in college and whatnot um but so you're kind of struggling to sort of find something uh and a lot of that like void that you have within you is filled up by uh the different art that you consume um so i knew nikki kind of had that same thing in her where you're frustrated 
but so you're trying to find out and let that frustration out in the music that you're listening to um so yeah I don't know Nikki how do you feel about that yeah I mean I agree with that it's like always growing up as soon as I got my first iPod it's listening to music all the time because like you said you are creating the soundtrack to your life it's okay, I'm, I feel really upset because of this. So let me make a playlist or I listen to my favorite album that embodies how that how I feel. It's like someone- Let me put on my cam and be a moody teenager. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Because when you're 13, yeah. what else do you care about? But it's, no, it's truly, yeah. it's like you, you put your headphones on and you like you play whatever album and it's like someone confirming how you feel and saying it back to you or almost telling you it's okay to feel this way because I felt this way too. And then when you translate that to a movie, it's relatable moments. You know what I mean? It's just so easy to connect to a movie because it's, oh, I felt that feeling. Oh, that song embodies that feeling. So now I'm, I'm not only watching it, but I'm, you know what I mean? Whenever, like whenever you play a song now from a movie that you really love and you love the scene in it, it just takes you right back to those feelings and that sentimentality. And it's just, whenever I listen to any of the songs from Food Time, I'm like, oh my God, that takes me back to... 2019 filming the movie and all the way that I felt when I was making it and when when we were editing it for hours you know it's just it's just very specific pieces of just memories from either movies or your own life and it's just it's just it's cinematic really even if it's not connected to a movie it's just walking around campus especially when you don't know anybody or it's late after a class or you're trying to rush to get to an early like exam you just have to find the right song to just put on, just embody how you feel or lift you up or like brighten your spirits if it if you need it. You know what I mean? Music just yeah, makes you feel connected. Thing. Yeah, I mean, it does yeah. make you feel very yeah. connected. Yeah, because makes you again, a lot, yeah, sorry, I was gonna say a lot of times you're reaching out, you know, and if you don't, if you don't have the, those people around you all the time, uh, you're reaching out to, you know, something and music kind of fills that void uh, in the same way that food does. It's like, man, I want to feel good right now. I had, I've had a great day, you know, X, Y, or Z things going well. Let me put on a good song. Let me go get a, you know, good Coney. Um, but yeah, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel, Drew, about it? Yeah, I mean, it does. It kind of makes you feel like the main character. It's like a funny, like, <laughs> you know, the main character, like. Uh, oh, absolutely. It's like a funny narcissistic thing, and um, oh, big time, dude! That's you know what I mean. You know, but you're like yeah. walking down, listening, you know, walking across campus, listening to a song. You're like, what if this was like a movie scene? And then you like realize, <laughs> like, you're like, wait, why the hell? Like, I'm just walking down the street. Like, how could that ever be? You know, yeah, I mean, why would I be? What is the importance here? So like I think that's what's. This. I think yeah. that's what's cool about the movie, though, for sure, is that you know, I I've had that moment. I'm like, why why would this ever be a movie scene, Drew? Like, what that? Yeah. What do you? you know why would this ever you're just walking like down cast like going to yeah. fucking you know economics class to fka twigs like this is never it's not a movie <laughs> exactly yeah. why yeah, would i be the main character listening to fka twigs right now it makes no sense but uh but i appreciate yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah you guys made that movie though you know and i mm -hmm. appreciate that and i want to talk about um kind of why you know why why is food such a big part of this then you know why it's called food time uh there's a conversation mm -hmm. between two characters that is so funny because I think I've done that too, where I'm like, nah, this, you're going to love this place. It's, it's farm to table. It's, they got, they got exactly, real tapas yeah. there. They have real tapas. Good, dude. So, I'm telling you, dog. Um, but yeah, yeah that, that's, that's where that kind of comes from. Uh, like I said, uh, well, so kind of going off what you were saying, the narcissistic aspects of it, um, at least uh, for me, uh, part, that was part of one of the reasons why like 
you know, sure it opens with Deja's character, but then that next scene opens up with uh, Sly uh, and Josh, our two friends who Josh plays uh, Nick and Nick plays Josh, um, which is just a silly dumb thing that means nothing but to anyone but us. But uh, that's kind of the point of that too, is like, oh sure, we open with this like main character intro, but now we're like in with these two completely separate characters who are the main characters in their own story. Uh, so it kind of puts in context that like, yeah, sure, we all kind of feel, um, especially when you're of a certain, I mean, that's even like everybody, you know, regardless of privilege, you kind of feel like you're the main character in life. Um, and uh, for me, that was kind of one of the things that I liked about the film, how that kind of came across was, uh, you know, you think the story is going one way and then it goes another, but then we go back with this character, just kind of giving that nod to the fact that, yeah, dude, like everyone's going through it. Everyone is in their own heads all the time. So it's a way to kind of unite us, same sort of thing we're talking about the music. But uh, as far as like the food aspects of it, that's just like, uh, I don't know, that, that was something Joe came up with that, at least that exchange that I thought was hilarious when he sent it to me. Because um, the conversation, uh, we were struggling to figure that conversation out. And then Joe sent that and I saw the line about, uh, God, what does he say? He says, um, uh, he's making fun of the place being called like burnt toast or something, you know, there's yeah. like that restaurant in Ferndale that's called toast and it's like a fancy toast <laughs> restaurant. It's like, you can just so see the branding uh, behind it immediately where it's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to do upscale toast. And it's like, <laughs> it's, it's toast dog you know we ran out the original people who used to live here and raise the rent yeah. all the way <laughs> exactly yeah exactly um and so that was that that's where that kind of came from uh but the food in general like the themes of food in the movie is like uh and Deej kind of uh does a great job i think of explaining uh his view on it where it's like you watch spielberg movies uh who he loves with a deep passion and like there's a lot of exchanges that happen uh at the dinner table um, like in Jaws, for example, like the emotional like linchpin of that movie is at the dinner table before they go out on the boat. And like you get this great connection between like father and son, husband and wife. Um, and all of that happens like, again, over dinner, which is like regardless of who you are uh, and where you come from, I feel like uh, like when you have a meal, whether it's by yourself or with other people, like so much uh almost goes unspoken but so much is felt just by your choice to be sharing like your life sustenance with someone or by having to do that alone like it's uh, i always think about like consuming food and eating food is like the most revealing thing about a person um mm. because you know it, it's almost an unconscious behavior like for me i always think about like i just black out whenever i eat i'm always okay do not overeat do not like eat to the point like where you're gonna eat so fast you make yourself throw up and then i'm like consciously saying this to myself and then i just am wolfing shit down uh so <laughs> everyone has these like weird food behaviors um they don't necessarily you don't think about how you eat until someone brings that up um but uh so that kind of is how it worked its way in the movie is like uh i don't know uh people are always driven by like their whether it's you know from a pleasure or from a necessity standpoint, okay, when am I getting my next meal? Where am I getting my next meal? Who am I getting it with? What do I want right now? Uh, so that kind of worked its way into the main through line of the movie. Um, and it's kind of a nod to the Safdie Brothers movie, Good Time, which we all love. Because originally it was, we had the working title was uh, 
the pleasure of shitty foods which uh their first movie like i mentioned was the pleasure of being robbed and so like when i was trying to think of a word i was trying to just have some title to write down i was like oh well, that's kind of what this movie's about the pleasure of shitty foods and a lot of the style from our movie uh really came from how much i loved that movie pleasure being robbed um but so then we kind of joke kind of was like oh what if we just called it like food time as a joke and we're like oh that actually works perfectly because like that's the whole buildup of the movie is getting to uh it's you know it's him going to get this coney dog it's uh it's food time for him man like but that's yeah. again where these emotional uh uh sort of these real emotions that people are experiencing come out um it's over this like almost metaphorical dinner table of the car itself this like linchpin between the two of them uh, and they sort of have it out and it's what prevents him actually from getting to eat uh which i always find hilarious um all he wants is this uh hot dog but yet he's so wrapped up in his own bullshit um that he doesn't even get the one thing that he wanted uh in the end because uh he's so self-involved um but uh but yeah, so that's where like all that food stuff comes from. And it's just, I don't know, food's always funny to me. People obsess over it. Uh, and again, like open up like pretentious restaurants uh, with fancy versions of it. But ultimately it's just like shit that goes inside of you and comes out as shit on the other end, you know? But really, but really that's what it is, man. It's at, at the end, like, you can eat that chili dog, but it's going to look like uh, how it oh, looks smashed on the window. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. I uh, say, in my perspective, I'll say food is also a huge connecting point between people. Yeah. So it's like, mm -hmm. think about it. You have Josh and Sly's characters. They're going to go get food. And then my character and Deej's character in the flashback, you see them eating and enjoying like shitty Telway. So it's like, yeah. I think about in my own life, it's like, especially when you're like dating somebody or with your friends, like some of the best and silliest memories you have is probably over food, whether it's like, all right, we're going to cook this tonight, or we're going to get so much Taco Bell after this like concert we go yeah. to, or after this movie, it's like, what are we going to get to eat during the movie? You know what I mean? It's just the simple little things of just like food is not a big deal, but it's just everywhere. Yeah. I, I love, and that, yeah. Yeah. Go on. I mean, it is, it is like, it's like so simple and mundane, yet it, it, it can be like so deep. And that's why, I mean, I wanted to ask that question because I'm like, man, I like love food from like such a, you know what I mean? Like such, such a huge and small perspective of like, it is like, yeah. there's so many sociological implications in food too of like, how am I going to eat this with my hands? Am I chewing my mouth open right now? Or, <laughs> you know and right. it's like it's anthropology ah, anthropological like it goes through all these different spheres of different cultures and cities yeah. but yet it is like it's so simple in the way um you guys are like portraying it in this film it's like a mundane thing but you just explained it's like yeah it's it so like much more for their relationship and his mm -hmm. day there so i i love that yeah exactly and that's that's the interesting thing i think of why we wanted to make the movie in this way is like uh i don't know you not everything needs to be super heightened um and yeah we get to a point where there is like a big showdown climax uh by the end but for the most part like you said it is pretty just mundane and simple uh and i think that um that allows you to kind of be put in this like at least for me when i watch it uh and so ideally what it does is you're just kind of chilling just like the movie is just kind of chilling so you kind of 
are still slowly being opened up to the possibility of a sort of big emotional climax instead of like trying to force it to happen uh it eventually just kind of gets there and so by the time you get to that ending um i don't know you're just kind of in it you're enjoying it everything's easy and that's how life is is like there's these spaces in between big things happening big things aren't happening all the time as much as like movies and books and music and tv makes you want to think that life is climax after climax after climax after uh major events after life altering uh uh city being dropped from the sky uh in age of ultron or something um but uh <laughs> but yeah yeah so um one of the big things like i wanted to talk about in doing this podcast is um you know to talk to creators and and different people in like this diy realm but kind of reckon with the fact that when you are diy you you know as we said you got to eat um you kind of have to do something for your gig. So where, like, where in between doing your guys' passion of, you know, making films, um, does it cross with the fact that I have to work, I have to do stuff? Like, is, are you guys doing a lot of this on commission here? A lot of the, a lot of the film and video work? Is that... Nikki, you, you want to talk on that? Um, sure. So, yeah, we've... For all the films that we've made, it's been through no budget, so we're making it completely out of our own pockets. If we're spending any money on anything, it's pretty much for gas and for food, <laughs> maybe like a prop, and we have to, we've had to buy our own equipment too. But to sustain that, we've been working with bands. We've been doing live streams with our friend Spencer, who runs No Experience, which is basically the most DIY thing you could possibly think of. He does everything himself. He runs live streams and we go to small like businesses and we have a couple bands come on and play and then we, we live stream it and then we find sponsors that way. Through love streams, we've been doing ad work for small businesses too, like friends and family or local communities that just want a 30 second minute long ad like Donna, we take pictures. So We've been trying to find the best balance to be creative in our work. So I know Craig and I have both had our day jobs. And then unfortunately, like I had my, I got my first full-time job right before COVID. So, oh, yeah. and then I got let go not even a month after. So it's kind of a, I don't want to say COVID was a blessing because it absolutely wasn't. It just allowed us to kind of figure out, oh, we don't need to go that route right now. We've been lucky enough to have a constant flow of work where we are being creative because we still get to kind of flex or we get to bust out the camera and we get to break out the computer and start editing stuff. So that's how we've been managing that line of, it's not like you don't get complete control over what you're doing because you are making a product for someone else, but it's also you are injecting your own creativity into what you're doing. So it, it, it can be very rewarding and it is a lot of fun, but it's obviously we just want to be at the point where we're just making movies and we're just making enough money off that to keep making more yeah. movies. Absolutely. Is are there like other concessions there when you're making something for somebody else? Like is is there a lot of direction sometimes from like we want this sort of thing or you know are there a lot of situations in which you're like we can put our touch on this? Um. Well, so that's where. Oh, uh, if you care if I take this, Nikki. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, love you. Um, so that's that's 
that's one of the nice things about working with Spencer, like Nikki was saying, like he, uh, I had found him through Instagram, uh, cause he had been working with some of the bands that I listened to. Um, and he just had like at no experience or whatever, uh, the Instagram handle is saw they had put up like some of their preview stuff when they did like a live or not live, but they did like an on site um, with uh, Zilch, uh, which I've, I'm sure people that you, you and people that you know have heard of uh, them before, but um, they, uh, they did like a live set on site with them on like the shores of Lake St. Clair at night. And it was like one of the coolest looking things. It was like super gritty and grainy and blue and lo-fi and clearly just someone that's trying to do this and capture this thing without trying to make it more than what it is, you know? Um, and I was like, oh, this is like the exact thing that I want to be doing in my like movies and whatnot. It's how we kind of shoot stuff already. So I was looking for work and I hit him up. And then now that led to this whole creative partnership that we have with Spencer too, um, where we've kind of become his like video team because uh, he was doing it all himself before shooting the video like running the stream recording sound uh, and whatnot but now we can kind of handle the video aspects of it for him uh, and the good thing is like we already like I see what he the style he wanted because it was already the style that we had so like there will be a little bit of I guess with Spencer at least a little bit where he's like oh hey can you like get it this way or that way but for the most part he's just like whatever we do is like perfect because we're already kind of doing the same thing that he, we have the same sort of intent already um so we got we got really lucky with finding him uh at least some of the work that we've started to get um and then uh, that has led to some of our client work like that we've done um also like we did a little three minute like mini documentary ad for a brewery up in grand rapids um that we got like through working with him uh, and a lot of that stuff has been like us dictating how we want it to look, uh, having like final say over the cut, over the visual aspects of it. Um, and that's a good thing is like Spencer has become a friend too. So anything we do with him, it's collaborative in the same way where it's like his suggestions or our suggestions to him only make the thing better. Um, it's never it's like, damn, I wish we could do it this way because it would have been so much better. It's always like, oh yeah, no, actually like we're all trying to, we all have the same sort of vision. Um, but uh, with some of our other client work, like we're starting to do more of like corporate videos, uh, let's call them, which is what they are, like in more informative stuff for businesses that like a training video for new employees or um, something for customers to have to know where to get certain stuff in the supermarket or wherever the hell. Um, and all of that uh, is kind of like, oh, hey, you, this is the stuff that has to be in it. But um, at least so far, the way it's going, it gets to be our style, which is great because I think uh, I think we've done a good job of establishing what we do as a style, which kind of comes from like, we don't have good equipment necessarily. We don't have like stabilized cameras and like beautiful, perfect sound. So we make it messy on purpose, but really it's like, we just lean into the sloppiness of it, you know? Um, so people kind of see it as like a gritty style, which is funny uh but it works it looks good people like the way it looks thankfully because i like the way it looks and she likes the way it looks i think um so there's intent behind it so people have given us the freedom uh, to kind of do our thing uh which is 
kind of nice. I think, um, I think if you're confident in what you do, uh, and create your own style instead of just trying to like adapt every single time, um, or working with too big of crews, like we keep things pretty small, like just me and Nikki, um, or, you know, me, Nikki, Spencer, or our friend Sebastian, or Joe and Deej, um, or however we do it, because we keep it small, it's a pretty shared vision, and the responsibilities aren't too delineated to where it's like too many cooks kind of thing, you know? Um, uh, so it's it's been kind of nice. Um, you know, sometimes it kind of sucks where it's like, dang, I'm editing like, you know, X, Y, or Z thing that's not for me, and all I'm thinking about is the movie that I'm writing right now, or the movie ideas that me and Nikki are outlining. And like, we can only think about if we were only just editing this, we would be so happy. And it's like, well, no, like the reason why we're going to be able to get to do that thing is because we're putting in the work uh, to make some money now and to get more experience. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think me and Nikki have both kind of treated it as like everything we do is just like a, it's just a new way to learn. Uh, so I'm never too frustrated. Um, or I'm never too uh, annoyed, I think, by anyone giving us like notes or whatever, uh, because it's always like, I don't know, it's all a learning experience. And like the goal is to make our own movies. So it's like, yeah, as long as we make our own stuff, we have the say that we want on there. It's like anything else is totally fine by me. Yeah, I think it's so interesting to talk to people who's like their gig and their day job is like, you know, essentially the same thing as what their art is. Um, yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I think that's and I'm sure that is a really good like practice to, you know, to when you have to do your own stuff or, you know, when you are doing your own stuff, like refining that skill. But it's but it's interesting to see that go together there. So um, yeah, I saw this. I saw the you know, you guys made a cute little video of like, guys, we need some money to uh <laughs> to get this color graded and everything. <laughs> so how does that go with um getting stuff financed? Because you know, and no matter when you DIY and stuff, you do have to, you know, that's a thing that has to happen and everything. So what has that process been like of of like, hey, we we have to get we have some have to have some money to uh do this thing. Um, so me and Nikki were just talking about this uh before we got on with you, we were talking about like, we have, like, we have this other project that I wrote um, that hopefully now that we have like the actor that I've been looking for for it um, and a few other things in place, like locations and whatnot, uh, we're talking about, okay, like to make this the way we want, because we were both talking about how happy we were uh, with the way food time turned out because we raised that money for it. So um, at least that process was like, okay, we made this thing. Um, and how do we really take it all the way there? And it's like, yeah, we're gonna need a little bit of money. And it's always weird to ask people for money for something, but um, especially for it's like something that's so vain, like give me money to finish my art. Like this has the only value to you is like, hopefully there is value, but like before you see the thing, like you don't know that it could have any value to you, at least like emotionally or whatever. So it's always like, I don't know, a weird thing, especially as, uh, someone that was raised to be like pretty frugal. Um, uh, I guess like, I don't know. We just kind of made the things. So we're like, all right, we can feel better about the fact that it's all done. We're not asking for money to make something. We're just like, you know, help us kind of get it over the hump because you care about us maybe. Um, and that's kind of, I think 
like our sort of model going forward, me and Nikki talked about it, like, okay, for our short films, if we can produce them pretty much out of pocket, um, at least for now, like obviously there would be some sort of goal, like, yeah, it's not going to act like we don't want financing at some point, but produce them all out of pocket. And then if we can be like, Hey, give us some money to help pay our actors to help pay like whatever extra people we had help work on it and to help us now get this out there to film festivals or get whatever extra work we need done on it um, to make it a more complete project. I feel a little bit better about that at the end of the day, because it's like, I already, we already did the work for ourselves. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think seeing the way that like uh, Spencer has gone about doing it with no experience, for example, at first it was just all him doing it for free. Uh, and he couldn't even necessarily pay me and Nikki um, at first because like we just didn't have money and the focus was on paying the band but now it's like he's found a way to be able to get everyone sort of uh, covered with it um, and start to get like sponsors and get the bands paid and get all the people that work for him paid and get himself and his costs covered uh, and make some money for himself for it um, you know uh, I think that's kind of the goal if you go in with it, the intention of like you're you're donating you're almost like giving money to a good cause kind of thing because yeah. like I, I don't know like we're we're not just trying to do stuff for ourselves like we want to make stuff with other people um, you know because it's fun and to connect with other people like for example the short that I'm working on right now like my neighbor that lives behind me who's like 76 that uh, I've become friends with, um, that we we have the craziest conversations, but <laughs> he's a great guy. He's gonna be in the movie, um, but part of me is like, okay, if I can figure out a way to like get, cause he would never like be like, yeah, you gotta give me money for this. But I hope that I can maybe on the back end get something so I can like get him a gift or like um, other friends that I have that hopefully will work in it. Like I hope that I can do something like that where it's like, yeah, you're not just doing this for me. Like, this is like something that we can do together. Like, this is like a fun thing to do as friends. You know, it's, it's, it's like doing it how we did it when we were kids where it's like, we're doing it purely just cause it's a fun thing to do instead of just like hang out and do nothing, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So what was, what was it like getting a uh, food time to festivals and all that? Did you kind of just go down like a whole list of like, you know, applicable festivals and just, we're just going to send Pretty much. shit out of this thing. Yeah. Yeah, Nikki, uh, you can speak on this a little bit more than me, but we kind of came up with a list, submitted it through like Film Freeway, which is like the clearinghouse for uh, film festivals now. But uh, I don't know, Nikki, how do you feel about it? I mean, yeah, it's basically all we did. I mean, you just kind of look at like, all right, what's the most viable option? You try to look for how do we, I think the silly thing about it is how would you categorize this film? Is it? a relationship drama is it a student short is it a narrative short is it the do you just submit it to all around like just trying to really pinpoint well how do you want to brand and market this film so people will try to watch it you know what i mean instead of actually especially as like a super independent yeah well that's what i was like we we're a finalist at the oregon short film festival right now for relationship drama and like originally we didn't know what category to submit it as and so we're like okay it's a comedy i guess uh because it's not really any genre but then the festival director was like in conversation with me and he's like um 
well, you can keep it in the comedy category, but uh, if you want, our judges felt it was more relationship drama. So I was like, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So I guess it can be that. But like calling it a relationship drama feels like so funny <laughs> to me because it has all these implications that it's like this big emotional thing between like uh, Nikki and Deja's characters. When like, yeah, that's like definitely a part of it at its core. It kind of is that. But like, uh, I don't know. All that aspect of it's so loaded and funny. But uh, But yeah, I don't know. The film festival process is, I think it's good. It gets you exposure, but uh, we also like this is the first time we've really gone about it outside of like small local stuff um, on like a nationwide level. It's the first time we've kind of broached that territory. Uh, and on one hand, it's COVID time. So like we have had virtual festivals and like festivals that we got into, they got canceled. So it'll happen next year, maybe. Um, so we don't get like the full experience. So not to fully speak on it, but um, I don't know. I think uh, the good thing is this was never made with the intent to like go out to festivals to begin with. The intent was like, let's make this movie. So I think uh, to know that we could get into places without like, I don't know, if we got into zero festivals, that would have been just as great, honestly. So all this stuff is just like, cherry on top icing on the cake whatever cliche food term you want to throw out there uh i don't know it's a, it's a weird process though because like you're sending this thing off for people to judge uh that have like such different backgrounds or like viewpoints of like what a film let alone a short film should look like um especially when like short films are so formulaic now like uh like again like i said they all are these very concrete objects um, that have a definitive message and idea that is set up in the first minute and is like everything is wrapped up in the entire universe is like closed off and finalized within like the 12 to 15 minutes yeah, or whatever tight, tight plot yeah yeah very simple and like so i don't know i think our goal was to intentionally go against that um which isn't necessarily the best thing for a festival because they want something that's like oh this is what people expect a short film to be but then we made something that's like, I don't know, pretty banal and open-ended and like, uh, like people have watched it and be like, oh my God, I want to find out what happens next. But like short films are usually the exact opposite where you get all of the sustenance you need from it. You know, you get the satisfying meal. So it functions as kind of a good metaphor too, where like, uh, he doesn't eat the hot dog in the end, you know? So you don't get the satisfaction <laughs> of like a clear uh, emotional tie-off. Like it's not, well, their relationship is in a better place or now their relationship is done for good. It's like, I don't know, a million things could happen, but that's how life is, dude. Like life keeps going no matter what until you die. So unless you kill your character off at the end, like things are always open-ended. So to like have a movie where all that is said is all that needs to be said is said feels like really fake to me. And like with our stuff, we strive for like hardcore realism in a way. And hopefully we can keep doing that in a more hardcore way. Uh, but I think Food Time does a good job of that. Yeah, that, um, sorry, it's fiddling with something there. Oh, you're good. Um, but yeah, so, you know, with, uh, you know, we're pandemic times. Uh, I don't need to tell you guys that. I don't know if you, you know, <laughs> it's a pandemic time for sure. Um, and you guys seem to have been doing a good job of kind of, of getting stuff done and you know producing your art around that um 
and I don't know, I don't know what the hell is going to happen with the, with the whole thing, especially in the U.S. But uh, what is what does twenty twenty one look for you guys? Look like for you guys right now? What's uh, what's on the burner? So uh, I guess I'll talk about uh, our one project that's kind of coming up. And Nikki, you want to talk about like the few things that are further down the road? Sure. Um, so we have this one short uh, that's currently. Uh, uh, currently untitled, um, but it involves a uh, a man who runs out of gas on the side of the highway. Um, so that's like the next thing that I'm hoping to get done. I wanted to be shooting it already, but obviously I'm trying to find a way to make it safely um, and to find the right actor for it. And like, again, like this is something that needs uh, certain locations. So I found the right place and whatnot, but that's the one we have coming up and that's kind of the premise of it is a guy running out of gas on the side of the highway. Um, and uh, so it's a nice kind of continuation of sort of what we are going for in food time with being very like, I don't know, everyday occurrences that are kind of bizarre. Um, but at the same time, like, I don't know, so many people run out of gas all the time and especially running out of gas in Michigan uh, in like late winter is such like a, hilariously idiotic thing uh that has happened to me more times than once uh i'm ashamed to admit 75 yeah a nightmare it's legit the worst uh and so i just thought oh my god what a funny experience this is and i always whenever i see someone i always feel so bad because i'm like yeah dog i've been there so that's that's what we have coming up um which uh again it's we made like super small crew uh very low level stuff uh so that's one thing and then Nikki um, has a couple of things uh, that we're kind of writing together, but they're more of her helm. Uh, so do you want to talk about uh, the bedroom uh, short, Nikki? Yeah. Well, I will say that previous Untitled Project is something that you're directing. So yeah. you should feel proud about that because it's going to be really Thank sick. You. But uh, yeah, I've had, I think it was sometime last fall, I had the idea of making a short film just that entirely takes place inside people's bedrooms and it's just kind of like the pillow talk conversations that you have like right before you're about to go to bed and and I'm sure you can relate to this somehow but I find that you always have the most random conversations whether it's incredibly light and silly and you're just making jokes like we just, like Craig and I just got a cat a couple months ago so when he was a kitten he would sleep in the bed with us sometimes and we would just sit there and like oh my god he's so cute look at him he looks so silly but it's also sometimes you have the most honest conversations about I mean we've had conversations about work and the things that we're doing sometimes we'll get back from a shoot and just talk about our frustrations with it but for hours we've done that multiple times or sometimes you're having more personal conversations about your relationship or what's going on in your life or sometimes you're just talking about a movie you just saw or you're just showing each other shit on Instagram. So I wanted to make a short film that kind of just encapsulates all the different things that people talk about in their bedrooms, in their bed, because it's also very personable, personal and it's very intimate and you're just getting a wide range of things. So that's something that we're working on. I don't know when it'll come out or when it'll be made, but it's also kind of tough with COVID because you do want to be safe and you do want to have the right people to be in it. So that's something that I'm really excited to get further into working on and eventually shooting it. 
yeah. Yeah. Is there um, anything else uh, you guys want to plug today? Plug um, your, uh, let's see. What do we got, Nikki? Uh, lovestreamsfilms.com. Uh, we actually are finishing up a documentary right now. Um, I think I mentioned this to you in the uh, weird texting, but um, so our friend Sebastian, uh, who goes to Wayne also, it was, he directed it and then I shot it and Nikki uh, did the sound and has been editing it. But it's a short film about Mario, who's a Pelotero, which is like a, a ice cream man that rides the bike cart with the freezer on the front uh, in southwest Detroit. Yeah, he's like in his what late 60s. He's from Mexico City originally and then moved up here. Um, but so we just captured like a day in his life in the city around him. Because um, Sebastian's from southwest originally and lives there in Dearborn. Uh, so we're working on that right now. It's a black and white short film that hopefully will be done by the spring and then go out to festivals probably around that time and then hopefully be released uh, like on YouTube um, sometime in the summer. But again, that's still a little bit down the road. Other than that, um, our lovestreamsfilms.com uh, website, uh, our YouTube channel, if you just look up Love Streams Films, um, our other channel, Rat Trap Collective, uh, that you can find like all the short films we've done with Joe and Deej. We have one coming out on there. Um, we don't have an official release date. It should be sometime this month. It's called Videotaped. Um, that was a short film we made over the summer. Uh, and it involves uh, a secret uh, a secret rock show by the singer-songwriter Johnny Depp. And that's uh, not Depp, but Johnny Depp, uh, an ambiguous character. Uh, and uh, it involves a collection of videotapes that may or may not uh, be secret recordings of people um, in a disturbing fashion. But uh, that film uh, we made with the brothers, um, Deej stars in that one as well. It's kind of funny actually, um, in two films now, in that one and then in Food Time, uh, Nikki, my girlfriend in Food Time plays Deej's like ex. And then in videotape, uh, there is a relationship between Joe's girlfriend, Hannah, and Deej's character in that. Uh, so it's kind of funny that uh, on screen in some universe, our respective girlfriends have had relationships with Deej uh, in this weird parallel film reality. Um, but Deej uh, but yeah, a great on screen boyfriend. What can you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got um, uh, he's got strong <laughs> uh, Robert Pattinson vibes. Uh, in oh, yeah, absolutely. Food time, food time, just like in Good Time, the way he's schlepping around. Exactly, well, awesome. man. And, um, and you guys got to go fund me for for all the stuff you guys are trying to get done for food time. Uh, yeah. So that's actually done now. But um, if you want to, uh, as far as like hitting us up with any sort of money to fund projects, uh, I guess like my Venmo uh, is the way we're doing it right now. Uh, but yeah, I think that's just at Craig and Oster. Right on. I want but I want yeah. the people to give give their money to you guys. I want it to yeah, give I, I want to see you want, that, That's why. Yeah, that's that's like ten percent of why you guys are on. Yeah, anyone who's fun. listening that is incredibly rich and has tons of money to throw around yeah. at young inspiring filmmakers, I would say yeah, hit us up on either our love streams. Like you can follow the website or our, any of our social media at Love Streams Films. And yeah, like if you want to be involved or help us monetarily, 
we absolutely would love that. We love to just, we would love to keep creating the things that we want to do. So anyone who wants to help in any fashion, I would say just connect with us through either way, like any way that you can find us online, we're around. Or Craig and Venmo works absolutely perfectly as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you want right to be more direct. <laughs> well, thanks guys. Thanks for coming on today. I love the ethos of what you guys do and um, all of the, uh, the work you're doing. And I'm excited for what's coming up. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome, man. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's fun to talk to you more. Um, hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll get to meet you. In, oh, I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll be seeing you in like um, what, like a week and a half at the yeah. TJ oh, show. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Well, dope, dude. I'm excited for that. You'll get to see us in action. We'll get to see you in action for the first time. Um, God. Yeah. In action. <laughs> I can't wait. The the show we did, uh, what, yes, or last Friday was with uh, uh, the Stools, Toeheads, and um, God, who opened? Oh, uh, Easy Beach, but the Toeheads uh, knocked the power out, which was sick. <laughs> they're um, rowdy. They're rowdy. Yeah, they're, they're super rowdy. They were fun. Right. On. But yeah, so hopefully, uh, hopefully Andrea Doria will be banging around uh, on uh, the 19th. I can't wait for that, man. Cool. Well, I'll see you guys then. Uh, good to talk to you. Yeah, nice to talk to you too. Peace out.